This is Lightning Power Lunch with Dave Mishkin and Greg Linelli on Lightning Radio. First the puck is Darlene, loses point, right circle. Point, shoot, save made, the rebound, swept to the side of the net by Hagel. Point, looks to center at Kutrov, a shot, score! It's in! It's in! Brandon Hagel! It's a 2-2 game with seven seconds left! Yeah, I had no idea what time it was. Uh, everything kind of was feeling slow motion. Um, and then Pointer just kept throwing it out the net. So I'm like, oh, there must be only seconds left. So I'm just trying to get a stick on it, trying to get it at the net, and maybe something happens and something did happen. Every season is a new season, and, uh, you know, you kind of build confidence as as you start, uh, you know, preseason, then regular season, and up to the playoffs you go. So, uh, yeah, I thought we played with some confidence tonight for sure. Playing with some confidence, maybe, just maybe getting that point last night in Buffalo gets the team going a bit. John Cooper, I think, uh, likes the effort, likes what he's seen, but the reality is the Lightning came back from their mini three-game road trip with one win, or I shouldn't say one win, uh, one point, and the fans, as you can imagine, as you can imagine, my partner Dave Mishkin, Steve Versick producing, a lot of people anxious, anxious over what happened here the last three days, and I, I think we'll talk about it here for the next hour at Bolts Radio. If you want to get involved in the conversation, Brandon Hagel was fantastic once again. I thought the goaltending held up pretty well last night too, mm-hmm. and uh, you know there were moments where I thought the Lightning looked. Really good. Buffalo's a good team. Everybody they faced on this road trip's a good team. I think we all can say that. Do you think the anxiety level, because you mentioned the anxiety level is high, do you think it was lowered after watching last night's game, or did it stay the same, or did it go up? Uh, I think it probably didn't do much. (laughs) (laughs) Stayed the same. The standard is high, and I yeah. think if the Lightning had not gone 3-0, and then I think people were going to be poking holes. The fact that they lost every game, mm-hmm. you can understand what we're dealing with here a little bit. Well, again, what are we looking at, and what is our takeaway? Is it the result, or is it the process, how they played? And they were seven seconds away from getting nothing out of that game last night. So even while they didn't get the win, the result was better than it could have been. Easily could have been. And that was the first time I'd heard the highlight. And when it's happening, I'm just reacting. But I actually said Kucherov a shot. And the reason I probably said that was with Hagel, Kucherov was there too. Like the lightning were at the net. Now that I've had a chance to watch the replay, essentially what happened was point threw it to the net and it was Hagel got a piece of it. Levi made the save and then Kucherov and Hagel were both kind of whacking, but Hagel got a stick on the puck and and stuffed it in. So that was a determined effort to get the game tied on that specific play. But I think it was a determined effort for, and I know you love this expression, Greg, the full 60. The effort didn't dip. I mean, they didn't dominate the game for a full 60. They didn't take it to the Sabres for a full 60. The Sabres gave as good as they got. But I think in terms of the compete level, the urgency level, the let's get to work mentality, that was pretty high last night. And it stayed high throughout the game, even as they were dealing with adversity, which included a 2 nothing first period deficit 
I think the Lightning have not found their rhythm completely as a group. And after four games with some new faces and a change to to their defensive system, I mean, I, I don't know that we should be shocked by that. We hope that they would just carry right forward from what we saw in the preseason and, and what was a, a mostly really, really positive opening night win over Nashville. But the reality is that, you know, they're kind of grinding right now. Things are not Things are not coming easily for them. And some of it has to do, I think, with the new faces. Some of it has to do with injuries. And, yes, Vassie was out. We knew that. But since they dropped the puck at opening night, the Lightning have been without Tyler Mott now for three games, and Steven Stamp goes for two. And not only are they really good players, obviously, it it upsets the apple cart in terms of how you're configuring your lineup. And I think the Lightning are looking for answers. Stamco sounds like this day-to-day situation is not overly serious. That's just me reading the tea leaves. I mean, we'll see if he's able to play tomorrow. So, like, I'm, I'm interested to hear you say, Greg, that, you know, the fans are, are equally anxious. Because I thought last night, if you were a Lightning fan, you can appreciate how hard they played. Against a team that was 0-2 and unexpectedly 0-2 and was digging in defensively. The Sabres were. The Sabres made a, a committed effort, had a committed effort, to try and limit the Lightning scoring chances. And that was evidence in how hard they defended. And the Lightning still found a way. Lightning also shot themselves in the foot a little bit with all those missed shots. Some of their best looks, they didn't actually force Levi to make saves on. He made some. He denied point a couple of times, made a good second period save on Kucherov with the glove. Barry Boulay had a nifty tip in the third period. I don't know if you remember that play. Radish went down that right side and threw it to the net, and Barry Boulay redirected it, and Levi was on that. But think back to all of the good looks the Lightning had where they blasted shots over the net. And on the other side of the coin, the Sabres scored. They had three scoring chances that that resulted in goals, but they were able to pick their spots. And and yeah, they weren't. Maybe they were trying to be fine, but they they threaded the needle, right? Sure. The Gergensen shot is a perfect shot. The Cousins shot that won the game is a perfect shot off the post and in. The Skinner goal, that's a that's a tremendous scoring chance for an immensely skilled player. And what a pass. But Johansson got over. Like, if he doesn't go up with that thing, Johansson maybe makes the save, and that would right. have been a remarkable And that was save. a great pass, though. It was a great right? pass, I mean, yes. was just, was it power, right? I mean, Power. Okay, yeah, but what I'm saying tremendous. is the Lightning didn't have a look like, like Skinner did, but no. they had looks like Cousins and Gergensen's had. Yeah. And they were able to to kind of pick the corners or just inside the post. Which is a little And the lightning missed the net. And that's one so. thing that is one thing you're hearing from the audience. And listen, it's a small sample size, although our show is growing, I understand. I mean, there's thousands of lightning fans out there. Not <laughs> yes. every one of them is listening to the show, although they should. So if you go we to the We're hearing the download numbers, they've yeah, been pretty good. So are. thank They're you, fans. Up. Yes, go tell your friends. Maybe we'll do like a giveaway or something. I don't know. Like a maybe we could do a meet and greet. Have somebody come on the show with us. Why not? That would be kind of fun. But 
I think there's some panic, a little bit. Hey, where's Kucherov? Where's Point? Scoring goals. You know, of mm-hmm. course, Stammer's out. And I think when you think of players who can do what we saw Buffalo do last night, those perfect shots, you think of Point, Stamkos, and Kucherov typically as the ones who can really snipe it. Nick Paul, obviously, is yeah. a guy who can. Not We're not seeing a ton Let's put it this way, partner. Outside of Brandon Hagel, a ton yet from those guys. Although, again, it's it's early. Well, so look, it's not as though Point and Kucherov can't score goals like that, right? Oh, for sure. And if you yeah, give yeah. if you give Giergensen's twenty looks at the net with the goalie in the net, and and not just like in practice where, where there's no pressure and just like, Hey, try and put that in the corner. Zemgus. I mean, it's not easy, right? He found, he found the spot, but if he takes 20 of those shots, if he gets even 20 of those types of looks in a season, I guarantee you some of them are going to miss the net. If you were, if you were shooting for a corner, you may hit the corner. You may not. And the lightning missed last night doesn't mean that in the next game they're going to miss I just think it was a function of they had a lot of those like they squandered some of their scoring chances and I'm not looking that at that as I mean it is a negative in that they didn't force the goalie to make a save but from the standpoint of they had the looks on a night in which looks were harder to come by because the savers were committed defensively it was frustrating that the looks that they generated a percentage of them, not an insignificant percentage, resulted in in pucks that missed the net. That happens sometimes. The third period, they were more efficient in getting pucks to the net. And again, they changed the stats so many times. I'm just going off of what what I had in in real time. They had 18 shots that missed the net through two periods. They finished with 22. So only four of their third period shot attempts missed the net. And they had at last look by me 10 that were on net so they did a better job of forcing levi to make saves in the third period and you know their last shot went in so good on them what i would say about point and kucherov i don't think that they had they did not have a good road trip in terms of their production i i had said that the other top lines on the red wings and the senators had the upper hand I'm not sure if I would make that same statement about last night's game. I mean, I thought the Lightning did a pretty good job against the Thompson line. Skinner got the one goal. But I thought that that was, a, that was an evenly played game. But what is happening, Greg, is right now, Point and Kucherov have absolutely no room. None. None. And it's frustrating. So, yes, you have to find a way to make space. But also, I don't know if teams are going to be able to do that to them for 82 straight. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. No, and that's why you can't get, as I like to say, hyperbolic after a couple of games when things aren't going the way you want to go. I mean, And even with that, like Point and Kucherov had their looks last night, even as the Sabres were were zeroing in on them. Point, his play, throwing the puck on the net. Yeah, he got a, that was a big assist. I mean, yeah. it was a big assist. So let's let's give credit where credit's due. The, the thing is, Dave, when we we mostly 
at least I do when we look at Kucherov and point, it is what are you, what are you doing offensively to impact the game? I mean, that we know they do other things, particularly point. I mean, we'll talk a lot about his two-way game, but let's face it, if Braden Point suddenly became a 40-point player, we would be like, he's not as effective. <laughs> I mean, it's just mm-hmm. he's, he's a guy that's going to be approaching 100 points a year, same with Kucherov. So when they're not scoring or they go multiple games with, with relative quietness, it's noticeable. Yeah. Now, listen. Quietness, you know, not just in their point production, but quietness in terms of the impact that they're having on yeah. the game with our eye test. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, look, and I think those go hand in hand. When they are rolling offensively, Usually, yeah. the eye test, we're like, wow, Kucherov is. You have said, though, Kucherov can have a bad game and he still can. get two points. He, so. can. he, <laughs> he really is can. that talented. And but. a lot of that, too, can be on the power play. Yeah. You know, where he's maybe getting a secondary assist or maybe he's he's creating. And, and that's obviously something to keep an eye on. Um, I, look, I don't think the offense has clicked the way we're used to seeing the offense click through a, a certain stretch of games. I and agree look, with it's, that. It's been four and it's it's not alarming. You know, as I've as I've said to you and we've had this discussion before we had it last year. You know, you take a, let's call it a, a one and three start, a four game stretch where you go one and three. If you put this in the middle of the season, are people going to be reacting the way they are now? Probably. Probably, <laughs> Probably. Well, maybe. Yeah. But I, well, I think on our show, so. we hear it, right? I think more so at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Because I think it just, it's staring you at the face. Right. Everybody's excited for the opener. You kind of get off to a good start and people are still falling. Maybe, maybe some bandwagon fans are just kind of you know let's watch the lightning they're on tv and you know they go one and three and it's like wait a minute the length team they're they're not what they were last year dave they're they're just not they well they they've lost too many people three but they were one and three that's last what i mean year, yeah they the were first four they were and that and that's why i think it sticks out more at the beginning of the year do yeah that doesn't mean there's not questions or legitimate questions people are raising about this team we've talked about it and we try to bring it up in a way where it doesn't sound, again, hyperbolic, while at the same time bringing up points that make some sense. I don't think their scoring has been completely on par with what we're used to seeing. Why is that? Everybody has a, a different take on it. It could just be early in the season. I mean, that that also could be a legitimate answer. I actually think their goaltending hasn't been bad. And you know what? That goaltending performance last night a little bit reminded me of not vintage Vassy, but certainly when your goaltender can get you a point mm-hmm. on the road. I, I thought Johansson was good. He and was not under siege, he but wasn't. he was he was very good. Look, the three goals that beat him, most goalies are not going to be able to make saves on those shots. And he threw in some very timely saves. He made a breakaway save on Oposo in the third period when it was two to one. Uh, I remember there was a stretch in the second period when Lightning had some guys stuck out there, a long change, of course, in the second, and Johansson made some saves. And then I wouldn't call these, like, grade-A scoring chances, but they were tough saves, like shots kind of from the top of the circle through screens, like he found them, he made the saves. He was very solid last night. It was a good performance for him. And I think that that has been agree. kind of the common denominator for Johansson in his three appearances and Tompkins in his one. We mentioned the, the couple of, of leaky goals that Johansson allowed in the Detroit game. But as a whole, like the Lightning are not one, two, and one because 
Vasilevsky's injured and the goaltending has been a dumpster fire. It hasn't. Like the goaltending has been has been certainly good enough for them to get more than three points at this point. But I, I am not disagreeing with you that they are a work in progress. And one of the reasons why things don't look completely in sync, if I'm speaking as candidly as I, I can, like you pull Stampkos and Mott out of that top 12, and now you're asking guys to kind of go in, in spots they may not be used to going into. I mean, how often has Barry Boulay played with Point and Kucherov? Maybe a little bit on the power play a couple of years ago. That he acquitted himself pretty well, but you know that's what I'm saying. Like you don't have steady line combinations. The Lightning liked Sorelli, Jano, and Acemont in the game in Ottawa. They started last night's game with with that trio, and then whether it was that line wasn't doing enough or Coop was was looking for other answers on different lines, they got they got shuffled right. So that's what we're seeing right now, and even the D pairs. I mean, yes, Radish and Sergachev have been together all year. But last night, you know, Perbix was playing with Bogosian. Bogosian on the left side, and Chernak was was back with Hedman, which, you know, that pairing had some some rocky moments last year at the beginning of the year. So I think that that is an indication that the coaching staff is, is like they're in the lab, right? They're trying different experiments. They want to see what sticks. But getting Stamkos back yeah. will help. I mean, sure. <laughs> that's that's probably the understatement of the show, but it will. It'll it'll help their power play. Although I thought Sergachev and Hedman as as a duo on that first power play, like they had some they had some good looks. Meaning the Lightning had some good looks on the power play with that setup. But when Stamkos returns, they'll be able to go back to their regular power play setup, and that will help power play two as well. And Stamkos' return will kind of allow Coop to slot guys where he kind of had a mind of, of slotting them at the start of the year. For sure. I, I don't I think that'll to. help, honestly. Also, they're home for five straight games. That's not a guarantee of success, but you know, they don't have any back to backs for the rest of the month. And you know, they have teams coming into their barn. So I think what was disappointing collectively on this three-game road trip, it, it, more about the opponent and who and who you lost to because of the division. Yeah, scenario. you brought up good points about you know look, they're going to be away early on, and those away games are going to be against divisional foes. Yes, when they're at home, it's it's out of the Eastern Conference and, and uh, Toronto. Toronto comes in, but correct. yeah, and then Carolina and the three teams from the West. So I think you take that all in and you you say, uh, okay, that's where I can kind of understand, yay, these games in October mean just as much as they do in February and March. Uh, to an extent, when you talk about divisional games, maybe you can make a stronger case yeah. that, that I agree with that statement. And they came up a little bit short. That being said, the Lightning now got an opportunity to see these teams. And do I think they would be better prepared next time they face them? Not to say they were outclassed. They weren't. But now you, you kind of have a, a feel, okay, that, that's what Ottawa does. That's, that's what Buffalo does. And, you know, Detroit looks like they're going to be buzzing. But I, for anybody there that doesn't think the Lightning won't improve, I, I think you're, you're sorely mistaken. 
because they will. They'll get better. And, you know, use that barometer, whatever you want to do around Thanksgiving when you want to start judging what a team looks like. I think that that still holds true. The Lightning understand that they haven't played their best. It's early, and I I don't think they're going to be panicking about it. I do want to see the scoring elevate and not just from some of the top guys. There's a track record there. So you know that based off of that record, they will perform. I think you want to see Nick Paul continue his really good preseason. Yeah. You know, and I think he had a tough, he had a tough road trip. Yeah. And like, you're not expecting that based off of what you saw maybe mm-hmm. in the preseason. Cause there was a lot of talk, you know, um, Tanner, Janot didn't light it up as much as maybe we thought, some of his play in the preseason would indicate. And Connor Sherry needs to get on track. You know, I know I'm harping on that a little bit, but this is a team that's lost too many good players in the depth scoring department to have the few that you did bring in via free agency or trade to not contribute on a semi-regular basis. Now, again, it's four games. I understand mm-hmm. that Sherry has a little bit of a track record scoring too. I just don't think many thought it would be that silence, so to speak, quiet. Yeah. Well, look, I'm not. I'm not certain Sherry has had even one scoring chance. I think that's what people are noticing. I may be wrong about that. I may not be remembering a look that that he potentially had. And I felt that Nick Paul was fighting it this weekend. He was not fighting on an opening night. He had a great game against Nashville. So hopefully, this doesn't bleed into this homestand for Nick. And and he can kind of snap back to the guy that that we saw in the preseason and and on opening night. I disagree about Janot. I think Janot had a good road trip. I mean, he had an assist last night. It was a hard working type assist with him and Sorelli and Hagel winning a puck battle, or if not winning it cleanly, just keeping the play alive deep in the Buffalo zone. And Janot was able to set up Hagel, who then went to the front of the net and scored. And Janot had a very good game in Ottawa with a goal and an assist. So if at the start of the road trip, Greg, I would say Tanner Janot is going to have three points on this three-game road trip, you would say, well, that would I'll take that, right? Yeah, that's so, fair. So, no, I mean, fair. I, that's fair. I think of the three, like, Janot had had an impact on this, on this road trip, made an impact on this road trip. And made an impact on opposing players. I mean, he was hitting everything in sight. I especially noticed it in in games two and three. That's that's where I'm kind of drawing back on my memory and, and thinking of him. Like he laid some heavy body checks on Senators players and and Buffalo players. That's his game. Another Austin, positive. I thought Austin Watson po- changed the game a little bit with that. Yeah, play. I don't know. You know, yeah, that was his... a bad penalty by Darlene too. He had a great yeah. game, but that was a bad penalty. It was. Go ahead. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Well, I, I was going to say like Sergachev had his best game of the year last night. Now look, we didn't get to the two goals again. Sergachev and Radish had a miscue on coverage on the Skinner goal. Fair enough, but Sergachev was was hidden shoulders more impactful than he had been in the games in Detroit and Ottawa. And so, look, he's a proud athlete. He was really frustrated in that Detroit game. Like, I, I think that his emotions 
were, were bubbling over. You could see it if you watch the game on TV. And I thought he was, should I use the word elite? I guess I can't say that because, you know, they had the miscue and the Skinner goal. But, like, he had a very, very good game, Yeah, I thought. He broke up a lot of Buffalo plays. He, he executed breakout passes really well. Like I said, you know, he fit in on that first power play in kind of a weird spot for him. Like he's he's in the Stamco spot. You know, he's a defenseman. He's not a forward. You don't often see defensemen positioned on their strong side circle, which is where he was. And the first power play the Lightning had was only 25 seconds, and their last power play was quiet. That was one. Hedman might have gotten dinged up a little bit, just a little bit. I mean, it didn't forced him to miss any time during the game like he came back and, and played but on the shift in which the Sabres took that penalty Hedman was not able then to start the power play so that power play looked a little bit different and that was their quietest but the middle two the lighting looked very good on those like the two full power plays they had where they had the setup that they wanted with Hedman and Sergachev both out there it looked good, and Sergachev had a lot to do with that. Like, the Sabres were like, wait a minute, we haven't pre-scouted this. What's going on? <laughs> you know? Isn't it funny, like, players are so well-coached, but it's almost like if you throw a little, like, monkey wrench in the spokes, <laughs> it's like, well, wait a minute. Well, what's going on here? <laughs> you know? Sergachev is, like, going downhill, right, down right, the right. wing, throwing pucks to the net. They're like, we're used to seeing Stamkos there. Or if not Stamp Ghost, you know, like Hagel, right? Or Sorelli, potentially. So that was definitely a different look. And, and I think the Lightning were able to do some good things because the Sabres, the Sabres did not look ready for that look on the Lightning power play. Now, of course, there's tape of everything. So if Stamp Ghost is unavailable tomorrow, I'm sure the Canucks will be like, hey, Sergachev's now in that first unit. And, you know, you got to watch out for him on the wing there. But you know what it did, Greg? Because Sergeyev had the puck a lot. Like he and Hedman were playing playing catch a little bit. Who normally has the puck a lot for the Lightning on the power play? Kucherov, right? Right. Yeah. So all of a sudden, the penalty killers have to like take their attention away from Kucherov because mm-hmm. Sergeyev is operating on the other side of the ice. It yeah. didn't yield a goal, but I think it made the Sabers a little uncomfortable how they were how they were operating that power play. So. I liked Sergachev's game. That was my long-winded point. Love it. At Bolts Radio, if you want to get involved in the conversation, you can. I always like when we kind of do kind of a breakdown here of the game and then take our our questions. Yeah. You want to go to questions? Yeah. Do By the way, have that questions? First, well, comments and people mad. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, that first goal, just a bad line change, right? I mean, that, so I it was a weird. It, it was a weird line change. I was following the puck, but Brian had his eyes on what happened. So Acemont broke his stick. This is according to what Brian said in the offensive zone. So when you break your stick, you want to go to the bench to get a new stick or for a change. And it was that if or or if then I guess <laughs> that crossed up the lightning because I think the guy who was coming on. Potentially for Acemont, thought he was going off, and Acemont just wanted a stick. So, had both happened, Acemont gotten his stick, and the guy jumped over the boards, the Lightning would have had too many men on the ice. So it's almost like they froze at the bench, and in that instant, 
Gergensen's got open. So I think it was a communication issue, not like a decision issue. Sometimes bad line changes are like, why did that guy go to the bench at that time? It wasn't that. And again, I'm getting the second hand because I wasn't I wasn't watching that. I was watching the puck. But that's how he got so wide open. Even still, though, as open as he was, it was a great finish. He made a great shot. He did. It was a uh, a beautiful shot for sure. And you know, look the the overtime goal was a beautiful shot. I know you, yes, you mentioned was. that. I mean, kind of throwing the puck across the grain, so mm-hmm. to speak. Sherry was actually the defender on that. He came off. Yeah, the bench and I mean, and he did force him a little bit to the yeah. outside. So. I didn't have a problem with the coverage. Yeah, no, I, I didn't. They That's just couldn't get the him. puck in overtime. They lost the face sure. off, and they didn't and, touch and the puck really at all. No, I mean that's the no. thing. You don't anticipate that. Point had come on. He almost stole. It was back in the Buffalo end, and they had a little bit of a a fumbled puck. The Sabers and Point was charging off the bench and couldn't quite get to that puck in time. Sabers maintained possession. That's how overtime goes sometimes, though. It's true. Al says that second goal, all five guys were watching the puck and not covering yeah, a man. How a many mistake. times have we seen this? That was a mistake. Al, you're right. The Lightning had had two of their mistakes led to goals. They had more than two mistakes, but they didn't have 20 mistakes. Right. And the mistakes that they made, those two were were big-time mistakes because they gave Girgensons an open shot and and they lost coverage on Skinner, who's one of the... I mean, he is one of the most dangerous offensive players they have on their team, and their yep. team is filled with dangerous offensive players. So hard to say that like he's the one guy you don't want left alone, but he's very crafty. He's always been great with his stick, slippery player. You know, he grew up learning to skate in figure skates, and... Like you watch him move around the ice, like he hasn't lost that. Like he, he has different ways of like angling his body. I don't really know how to describe it. The goal he scored had nothing to do with that, but he's a very smart player and a very skilled player. And the Lightning lost coverage on him, so that was a big time mistake, and and they got burned by it. And it wasn't the only mistake that they made, but the number of mistakes that they made, and and of the mistakes that they made, how many of them were like egregious mistakes? I think the number was lower in in the game last night than it had been in the two previous games. Yeah, but you know the other team has a vote, so they if do. You're gonna, they do. If you're going to make a mistake, you risk the chance that they are going to make you pay for it. Now, on the other hand, Sabers lost some puck battles behind their net and lost coverage on Hagel. Yeah, in the slot. I'm talking about the first goal. Lightning scored. They were not mistake free, but both teams brought a high compete. It was an entertaining game. It was a good game for ESPN. Out of the three teams the Lightning saw this road trip, who did you come away with more impressed? Well, I would say Detroit simply because I think we touched on this heading into the season. Based on what I saw last year, I felt that Detroit was was below Buffalo and Ottawa. Not significantly below, but below. Yeah. It was one game, but I'm not sure if I still believe that. So they they impressed me based on whatever my baseline was. (laughs) They impressed me the most. 
The Sabres, for all of their offense last year, and they finished third in the NHL in goals, but they allowed more goals than they scored. So that tells you how porous they were defensively. Like, they didn't generate as much maybe as they were used to generating last year. Now, is that because they were zeroed in on how to defend? I don't think it's it's necessarily that. You know, yes, Skinner scored and Tuck had an assist last night, but if you and Cousins ended up scoring. But if you look at like their top four forwards, say their top four forwards are Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner, Alex Tuck, and Dylan Cousins. Maybe you want to say there's another guy that we're gonna throw in there. Before last night, those four players had combined for zero points. Now three of them have one point. Paige Thompson still does not have a point. And something I mentioned yesterday, like if their dynamic guys find that the the sledding is a little tougher this year, how are they going to respond to that? And the way you right. respond is to defend better, and they defended hard last night. But I wouldn't say that like I was blown away by the Sabres and they, and they were probably my – I would probably have put them first because you asked me that before. and We talked about, like, they didn't make a lot of changes during the offseason, an indication that they're like, we are on the right track. Yeah. We just need to keep doing what we're doing, let our younger guys gain more experience, more seasoning. This is our team. Okay, we're going to add Eric Johnson. We're going to add Connor Clifton. And we have these two high draft picks that are in the running to make our team, but our core is intact. And, you know, it's not like they've hit the ground running this year. Al says, I'm trying to stay positive as well. Believe me, it's hard to do. So here it is. One, two, and one is a better start than one and three. That's Well, it. that is That's positive, all I've got. <laughs> they were seven seconds away from being one and three. That's true. Like, I'm looking back and thinking back to last year's start. So the Lightning had a, had a poor opening night game. In New York, they were flat. They were pretty handily beaten by the Rangers. Then they went to Columbus, and we we know now with the benefit of hindsight that Columbus was going to have a bad year. But it was the second game of the year, right? So everybody hopes brings eternal. And the Lightning really took care of them. Like, that was a fairly decisive, dominant win for the Lightning. They They were the better team. They got what they deserved. And if memory serves, it was a back-to-back. So the Lightning had a back-to-back between games two and three this year. They had a back-to-back between games two and three last year. They went to Pittsburgh and got blown out, which happened to them a couple times in Pittsburgh last year. And then they came home and they opened the season at home against the Flyers, and they had a lead and blew it and lost three to two. So they had some mistakes in that game, but I'm not sure that they necessarily played like as poorly as they had, certainly against the Rangers, and they weren't as leaky as they were against the Penguins. So, like, what did I just spell out? They had one pretty convincing victory. They had one game where, like, they weren't terrible, but they they made some costly mistakes. And then they had two subpar games. Kind of sounds like this year, doesn't it? <laughs> like, yeah, for They sure. were better than Nashville. They won that game. They were hurt in the Buffalo game by a couple of mistakes. Now, they got a point because it went to overtime. 
And I would say that, you know, they got outplayed in the games in Detroit and Ottawa. Yeah. And and the result followed suit. So now last year, after starting the year one and three, the Lightning approved to were they four and three? I know they were six and four after the first ten. I think they might have won the next three. The the other loss in the opening ten was in LA, and the Lightning finished in California the month. So they ended up beating Anaheim and San Jose to get to right. six and four. So if I'm remembering right, somebody can look it up and tell me if I'm wrong. I think that they won three in a row to get to four and three. They lost to the Kings and then won the next two. Uh, so, look, they did turn it around last year. But one of those wins they had last year early in the season, I think it was that game in Buffalo where they were down 5-3 mm-hmm. and had to rally late and, and won it overtime at a stamp right. goal. I mean, look, it counts as a win. <laughs> They're not going to hand back the two points. That. We yeah, talked like, about in the pregame. And, and the Sabres missed the playoffs by one point. Yeah, yeah. So, like, had they won that game in regulation or even in overtime, you know, maybe they're – Maybe they're the the eighth seed. Florida isn't. I don't know. Is that why they say the games this time are, yeah. are just as important? To well, you look back over eighty two when you missed the playoffs by a point or two. You're like, you could pick all the games that you know you dropped a point here or dropped two points sure. there. You could do that for yeah. You're right. But yeah, Any, the Panthers anything. could do the same thing. Yep. You know, they finished with what ninety two points, and they're like, yeah, we we squandered five six points easily as well. So usually, Greg, you get what you deserve. In a season this long, you are what you are. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think that's that's the one benefit of playing that long. Baseball, basketball, and hockey, for sure. Mm-hmm. Jay says, still too many concerns after last night. Not enough pure goal-scoring finishers pointing Kucherov for a bit off. And the Sabres defended them well. Happy to see Hegel fight all night to keep him in it. So... The Lightning have Point and Kucherov, and they have Stamkos. I mean, it's not like he's anything worse than day-to-day. Hagel's a 30-goal scorer. I think we've talked about kind of the the next tier. You have been kind of banging this drum for, drum for a while, Greg, but you want to see more. You want to see more from Sorelli. You want to see more from Janot. You want to see more from Paul. I feel like Sorelli's offensive game for me is sticking out. A little bit more. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if he's... He's getting his points this year. He is. And maybe it's yeah. uh, who he's playing with. Maybe it's just the the natural progression of him as a player. He Let's put it this way. You know, we talk so much about the eye test. I the, Like, he's passing for me the eye test. I Yeah. Uh, the other guys aren't. The penalty kill has been very good. By the way, is there a better year. duo he's, and he's than Hagel and Sorelli? I mean, especially putting pressure on the other team yeah. to score. Jeez. I mean, you could throw those two guys out there, and there's a good chance they're going to create a scoring chance. It was in the first period last night. It wasn't shorthanded. I don't think it was shorthanded. I don't think it was shorthanded. But Sorelli set up Hagel like he had He had all day to walk in on Levi yeah, and he miss did. the net. Was that the one where somebody got a stick, I think, back-checking him a little bit? Maybe a little bit, yeah. It, it felt like he was distracted. But, I mean, Dave, that's that's once a game for Hagel now. Yeah. But Sorelli made it happen he with did. a perfect pass. What do you think about the line combinations? Are we, we well, learning What are the line more? combinations? Are I know, we talking I about Barry Boulay? With yeah. I mean, that, you know, he's another guy we can Gooch. get into. But, I mean, like, I, let's put it this way. I do like Hagel, Point, and Kucherov. Yeah. 
I, I just I like it. They Hagel haven't stayed together though. Like I like Hagel been, and Sorelli. Hagel likes Hagel and Sorelli. Uh, he does. He Did you hear him in the post game? The game. <laughs> <laughs> I love playing with Tony. Uh, Tony and I just do our thing, right? You know, yeah. so maybe there's some chemistry there, and maybe that that stems too from the PK and and whatnot. But. And those playoff runs. Well, the one playoff run where they, I mean, last year too, but yeah. I think Stamkos does need to play with some, some speed guys. I think I, I don't know how we, we look at the roster and say that's what he needs to do or who he needs to play with. I, I kind of like that. If he's not going to play with Point and Cooch, that would be my preference. But it 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 is hard to to figure out line comedy. And you know, look, Tyler Mott's out. Yeah, and you would think he was going to be a regular on that on that fourth line. Well. The two guys, and I'll mention these two guys, the Lightning brought in to add speed to their lineup. Mott is one, and he's currently hurt. And Sherry is the other, who has not really been able to make an impact Mm-mm. yet. No. And they signed him to a couple of years, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Three Sherry. years. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's one of those where that's a longer-term commitment. And you just want to see, you probably want to see a little bit more bang for your buck right off the bat. Barry Boulay, that was interesting because Eric and I were talking about him mm-hmm. in the post game, and he felt like he did some good things last night. Yeah. Now, again, Chief said this, and I, I kind of agree with it, but not every skilled player who comes up through the minors is going to be playing with other skilled players at the NHL level. And Chief's comment was, look, he, he needs to play with skilled guys. I don't disagree with it, but who are you going to take out of the top six? Now, could you make a case your top nine is is kind of where you're going to go with it's got a nice combination of skill and grit? Maybe. I don't think burying Barry Boulay on a fourth line is going to do him any favors. And I, I, I've been very critical of players who, look, this is your role. You've got to adapt. I, I fully acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. I just think Barry Boulay... If you want to get the most out of him, he has to play with some guys who can do some things offensively. I just think he has to. And then when he gets that opportunity, he's got to produce. Well, we'll see what the lineup looks like for tomorrow. But he didn't look out of place, though, did he? No, he he didn't. You know, I mean, we're going to have to see more of it. I would agree with all of that. Um, Anyways, at Bolts Radio, if you want to get involved in the conversation... You certainly can, but you know that certainly was brought up uh, yesterday. Uh, this question comes from Doug. He wants to know about the goaltending. What do you think it looks like here with the upcoming home games? I'm assuming he means just like yeah, the like will Tompkins get a yeah. game? I think he will get a game. I don't know if he's going to get more than one. There are no back to backs. Correct. Maybe somewhat contingent on performance too. Johansson should get the next game, I would think, because I mean, he I think played very well last him. night. I think you need to ride him if he's your number one guy. You yeah. ride him until Vassy comes back. Vancouver's had an interesting start to the year. They scored eight in their one home game that was against Edmonton. Then they went to Edmonton and got badly outshot, but won four to three. So that's twelve goals in two games. And then they go to Philly and get shut out two nothing last night and badly outshot again yeah 
But the Lightning have to be wary of how good the Canucks are offensively. And they saw some of that, you know, last year and, and even the year before. Pedersen's a player, and Quinn Hughes is a top-end offensive Who is defenseman. remaining from the other forwards? Because I feel like they've there's been a lot of talk about them moving on. Where is... Well, JT Miller's there. Brock Besser's there. Remember this uh, Kuz- Kuzmenko... Kuzmenko, yes. Yeah, he had he had a great year last year, yeah. over 30 goals. He's another one of these guys that was undrafted. I think he was undrafted, but if he was drafted, he didn't he didn't stay with the team that drafted him. He was playing in the KHL, right? And the Canucks signed him as a free agent. It was Bo Horvat who left, but that Bo was Horvat, for the year. Yes, they got Beauvillier. That's correct. In that trade, remember I think you and I were talking things. about Vancouver last year, and, and Jim Rutherford at the time, we were like, why would you get rid of these guys? Like these guys are. High-end players. Yeah. The Horvat one, I, I do like Bo Horvat a lot. And it was a little surprising. And I'm not sure if that was a cap crunch situation. Like, I think they, they weren't going to be able to give like, him an extension. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. I mean, he's their captain. That's a tough one when you trade your captain. Who's productive? Very productive. Who's still productive. Yeah. yeah. So I think everybody's faced with that decision. I understand it at Bolts Radio if you want to get involved in the conversation you can. That being said, you take a look at the standings today. I mean, it's not like the Lightning are in last place. No. <laughs> I mean, Florida and Buffalo, albeit the Lightning have a game in hand, are below them in the standings and you know, no, nobody's running away with anything this early in the season, but you know, I, I think I think the road trip gets Tampa Bay's attention a little bit mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised if they have a good a good showing tomorrow well look you know we haven't really we're not in the toronto bubble so to speak and the leafs are two and one they've had all three games at home right yeah all three games at home to start but you know they lose at home to chicago four one yeah i mean how are they reacting to that like how how did the leafs lose to chicago understanding they have bedard and you know, they, they figure to be improved to some degree this year. I mean, the Leafs have cup aspirations. They had a chance to kind of charge out of the gates here. Right. 3-0. and So, look, every team has its speed bumps, right, early in the year. Big win for the Panthers in New Jersey. They were looking at potentially starting the year 0-3 because they'd lost the first two. So. Right. Look at us looking at the standings. This, well, I'm just aware of what has I mean, been happening in the first week. I actually had not looked at the standings. I but... did. Shame on me. Jeez. What's the matter with me? I'm starting to drink the Kool-Aid a little bit. Everybody wants to know what the heck's going on. Uh, this question from Mike. He says, how long do you think Steven Stamkos will be out? You kind of addressed this. At the well, he's day to day. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't I don't have any inside information. No, Sorry. I, I don't I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's. I mean, the fact that he didn't even skate yesterday morning might be a sign that that it's going to be a maybe. little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. Injuries, you never know. And mm-hmm. you know, it's it is one of those things where if you're John Cooper, it's I, I don't know if you look at it this way with a team like the Lightning, but a, a veteran like Stamkos, a key part of your team, you know, he's going to be back. But do you give him an extra day or two, knowing it's early in the season? Maybe. You know, that's. That's part of the process. This is what I wanted. One of the things I wanted to bring up: Does Eric Chernak look a little off to you? A little bit. 
I think the D pairs have been a little unsteady. I wouldn't necessarily single him out, although he did have that turnover against Detroit in the first period, which we touched on in an earlier show. Look, Hedman has been very good. So to the extent that, you know, Victor said the longer offseason helped me and I got my batteries recharged. I guess Brian talked to him and, and Victor said he kind of went old school in his offseason. I don't want to say training regimen because this isn't really about like lifting weights or, or cardio, but he's like, I focused on passing and shooting. Like puck skills was an emphasis for Victor. Yeah. I think we're seeing that play out early this year. And Sergachev has been up and down, I think, but he had a very good game last night. Had a good opening night game. So, I mean, the top two defensemen for the Lightning, like, they've they've probably been the best, honestly, even understanding Sergachev had a rough weekend. You know, Perbix and Radish are in that, spot kind of like I was talking about with the Sabres like all right you showed us last year now you got to go out and do it again and you know we'll see how they navigate that DeHaan is new to the team so I mean Chernak is kind of in there with like who's his partner you know is his partner DeHaan a guy he's he's just sinking with for the first time last night he was with Hedman so it's early in the year I think they're they're trying to figure Figure out where the pieces fit. Arranging the deck chairs. Yeah, and your defense pairings, look, Victor Hedman might have been playing through something late in the season. He looks really good now, but you know, some of maybe his perceived struggles early on might have been just trying to get comfortable with your new mm-hmm. partner. You know, we talk so much about Ruta being out, yeah. and then we He's had in San Jose now. McDonough. Yeah. I, he's a serviceable defenseman. I mean, look. A top six defenseman for a Stanley Cup champion team. And he got paid probably way more than he thought when he hit free agency because of what he accomplished with the Lightning. To his credit, that's one of those things where he took he took the opportunity and ran with it, so to speak, within mm-hmm. the confines of Jan Ruta's skill set. But I, I don't know if I would pay, especially with the Penguins paid him, to be in your bottom six. Right. Because that's basically what he is. And there's nothing wrong with it. And the thing is, when you play with somebody like a Victor Hedman and you're considered a quote-unquote bottom six, you're not playing Victor Hedman minutes. Right. But the Ryan McDonough you know, situation with Chernak, I mean, that is, you know, I don't want to say similar to Ruta and Hedman, but there's no doubt I you could have made an argument and, and will not you personally, Dave, but anybody that, you know, Ryan McDonough had a huge impact on Eric Chernak as a defenseman. Um, And I think it may take Chernak a little bit to find that groove again with his defense partner. And not to have somebody play exactly like Ryan McDonough because he was a lead at what he did. But I think this is, you're going to want to see some some growth on Chernak's end uh, as a defenseman to pick up maybe any shortcomings his defense partner may or may not have and you know the strength of the lightning one of their strengths i firmly believe heading into this season last season really the last few years in addition to the goaltending and the high level talent that they have 
you know, Dave, their top four defensemen were as elite as anybody out there. Mm -hmm. When you factored it all in, Chernak was a big part of that. Yes, he was. And, you know, that's that's going to be something to keep an eye on this year to have that steadiness back there, that rock, that physicalness. And, you know, hopefully he stays healthy this year, too. Like last year was a tough year for him. It felt like every time he he blocks a lot of shots. But I should you know, say I every feel time about that, right? he he repeatedly was getting dinged up. Yeah. Blocking shots. Like chipping away. He didn't block a shot and like, oh, my gosh, he's going to be out, you know, two months. But right. He'd block a shot. He'd miss two, three games. He'd come back. He'd block a shot and miss a week. You know, hopefully he has a a smoother season this year in that regard. Can't control that. No. You can't. You cannot control that. That's for sure. I, I've been a pretty outspoken about blocking shots in general and i do mm -hmm. i do yeah, i know you if you're constantly been. getting hurt by blocking shots do you strategically especially early on in the season partner kind of um i don't know it's not it's not in his mentality so i get it, it it's i was gonna say do you not you know lay it all out Right. Three games into the, the regular season, blocking shots. Now, John Tortorella and most NHL coaches today would probably say, well, heck yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I, I'd also say, you know what? I, I'd rather have Eric Chernak healthy heading into the, the stretch run. So we'll see. Just kind of uh, where we are. At Bolts Radio, if you want to get involved in the conversation, you can. And uh, what do you anticipate coming up here on the homestand? And I think a lot of people are hoping the Lightning do get back on track. This one comes from, let's see, Paul. He says, guys, we've heard so much about the system and how it changed a bit during training camp. Do you have an idea of what that look lo looks like four games in? Well, as I understand it, and I'm not privy to exactly like how they're drawing it up on the dry erase board. My understanding is that it was an adjustment to try and limit high danger chances in the middle of the ice, which no team wants to allow those chances. But And no system is perfect. If there was a perfect system, everybody would be playing it. So you can have a variety of, of – of, there is a variety of choice in the system that you want to play, and sometimes the system is geared toward your roster as well. You know, who do you have? As I understand it, you know, the way Vegas defends kind of a copycat league, right? But sounds like a lot of teams are trying to do what Vegas did. Well, look at the Vegas defense core. And again, defending is more than just the position of defense, but they have some big time studs. Their top six, all due respect to some other teams that might be like, our top six is really good. And then Carolina has a really impressive top six this year. Like the Vegas top six was probably as big a reason as any as to why they won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Last year. For sure. Because they went through what, five goalies. I was gonna say yeah. how many goaltenders did they go through? Yeah, like the goaltending right. yeah. was was good. Like the goaltending right. was good enough for them to win the Stanley Cup. But the way they defended was a big part of it. Yeah. And and it suited their their roster as well. So credit, you know, Bruce Cassidy came in, and I confess I'm not sure if he had the exact same system when he was in Boston, but it it certainly worked very well in Vegas. So 
the the lightning are making an adjustment and i confess i'm not certain if they're emulating the vegas system or like using a hybrid but it is different from what the players have been accustomed to doing the ones that have been with the lightning and the new players coming in are certainly learning if if they're not learning a new system they're learning it with a new team but that has to do with like Brian brought up the point yesterday when he joined us on Power Lunch. Like, if you have a turnover, you have to make sure there are no dangerous chances right. that, that come from that turnover. And I understand that. But depending on where the turnover is, your your players might be so out of position to defend, <laughs> excuse me, because the puck got turned over unexpectedly, that it will lead to an open look. Like, how how bad was the turnover? Where on the ice did it happen? Sometimes you turn a puck over and it leads directly to a grade-A chance and there's nothing you can do about it. So I'm not certain that the tweak in the system is tied to some of the struggles that they had in terms of scoring chances against. But some of them probably were. Also, the Lightning seem to have faced teams that, that like to shoot the puck from everywhere. And if I'm being perfectly honest, I think they've been in some buildings where they've been cheated out of some shots i yeah. mean i've seen some that i feel badly for the home goalies but sometimes that happens like and i shouldn't say that because now they have the betting right so i mean i guess the shots are accurate it's just like there was one point in the second period where the lightning had two shots so you're saying gambling and, gets us on a straight narrow path <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> if, oh, let it. me put it to you this way greg i love it if you put down your hard-earned money yes on a shot total and you should win, and somebody messed up and wrote down the wrong total, you're going to be pretty ticked off, right? So I think they want to make sure that that the the stat that is being gambled upon is accurate. Yeah. So that's what we heard from Steve last year, and that's that's way out of my wheelhouse, so I will just take his word for it. But I'm just telling you anecdotally, I understand the Lightning were missing the net on some shots, but I remember like – it was it was well into the second period, deep in the second period, and the lighting had two shots on net. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm sorry, that's just not accurate. <laughs> like I remember not shots that they have taken yeah. that Levi stopped. So I think they finished with like five. I think they added one late. So there you go. Like on the shot on goal clock, for the longest time they were stuck at two. They finished with five. By the time the game was over, they were up to six. So somebody went back and, and found a shot that was missed. So I'm not sure that the shot disparity is as lopsided in reality as it's looked on the stat sheet, but that goes into it too. That if you're still kind of wading your way through the fog about like, we're learning this new system, yeah, you might you might give up some chances. You might give up some zone time. You might give up some shots. You may. I think we've seen that. It's true. Well, we'll be back at it again tomorrow, noon to one. We're going to get you set for the home game tomorrow night. And get those questions in at Bolts Radio. Maybe we'll throw a guest in there. Who knows? But, uh, partner, good job. Yes, Glad you're back home. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks to Steve Versnick. Thanks to you for listening. We always appreciate you. And uh, we'll do it again on Lighting Radio.